Hi, my love. Okay, I don't know what happened, but I can't hear you right now. Oh no, I got this. You're there. Well, have you? I have you, but for a second I couldn't hear you, and I was terrified. I'm like, oh my gosh. This okay. happens the second time, by the way, because I put this thing on mute. So I don't, the clickery sounds don't happen. And then my intro doesn't get heard. So it's okay. I'm always flying that, you know, mistakes happen. So you know what? I'm going to do the intro again and you can okay. get on there with me. Woo! Okay. It looks so good. I was watching, I was reading your lips and I'm like, she must have me on a setting where I, you know, that's fine. Oh. So good. <laughs> It's all right. It happens. All right. I'm going to do it again. Okay, guys, I'm going to do it again. No big deal. This happens all the time in business. And the worst thing you can do is just stop doing it. So we're going to go through it again. All right, guys, I'm so sorry. So welcome to the Profit Lab podcast. I'm your host, Marie Tarosian, certified 10X coach, CFO and auditor, a certified public accountant and a chartered global management accountant. I serve the entrepreneurial community with my business uh, CPA firm, Marie CPA, and the Profit Lab, which is a management consulting agency. Through the Profit Lab podcast, uh, you know we are serving to expand our mission to empower entrepreneurs and bring their stories to the masses. Uh, we will. We are thrilled to tell your story to inspire, empower, and uplift other entrepreneurs. So, if you want to hear the audio version of the show, go ahead and check out the ProfitLab.biz/podcast. Um, so again, a quick summary of like we launched our uh, podcast uh, August 2nd, where I was sharing my entrepreneurial journey and what I've learned so far from my challenges. And, you know, I plan to invite more entrepreneurs every week to tell their stories uh, to inspire you guys. So if you want to be on the show, please submit an application at support at the profit biz. Um, today, October 4th is our 10th episode, which is I'm excited about. And we are live on Facebook at the Profit Lab Biz, LinkedIn, Marie Tourism CPA CGMA, and on YouTube, Marie Tourism CPA. So make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow, all of that to make sure everybody gets to hear our stories. And again, uh, my, my guest today is Sandra D. Robinson. She started her first career at the age of 11. Uh, she became established with major roles on many uh, uh, daytime TV soap operas. And while she was still acting, she became began training TV hosts and then professionals and experts to feel and look amazing on video and on TV and public, public speaking from all stages. Sandra D. founded Charisma on Camera Performance Coaching in 2010, and then her Equine Assisted Coaching Program, Charismatic Cowgirl, in 2018. And this is something that I'm so excited about because I, I could share about it. Uh, and then now it's called it's actually called Horsepower Consulting. Her mission in all the work she's doing is to eliminate the path for people to fully remember all they are designed to be. So again, Sandra, welcome to the Profit Lab Podcast. I'm so thrilled oh. to have you. <laughs> I'm so glad to be here. It makes me so happy to see you doing this, Marie. <laughs> this is just like you are in your element. I think it's fantastic. I'm so glad <laughs> to be here. Fantastic. I love it. Love it. I am so happy you are here because there's just so many stories that, you know, we can share. But, you know, I always start the podcast with, uh, talking about, you know, letting people know who you are as a person, you know, because we are all entrepreneurs and every time we get asked, so, hey, you know, what do you do? And everybody talks right into, you know, their career. <laughs> so I like to go to know people. And that's one of the things that I like to do is so. So tell us about Sandra D, the person. 
Well, should I say I was born in, but I was born in Pittsburgh, <laughs> Pennsylvania. So we won't go quite that thoroughly back to like my birth, but, right. but I'm from Pittsburgh. And so I'm from a small town outside of a, of a really Midwestern city. And uh, I get, I got my first break to be in front of a camera. I got my first paying job when I was 11 there. And I, I modeled and I did commercials and things as a, as a teen. And then I was still a teenager when I met somebody from New York that was a talent manager. He remained my manager, by the way, until I left LA. Wow. That yeah. is amazing. Uh, that is, that is loyalty and commitment. Right. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting is it's so rare. And I hate to say like LA, you know, is different, but it is different. I think that loyalty and especially loyalty in that industry of, of Hollywood, you know, TV film, it, it's when it happens, it's amazing. And you see wonderful teams like Trevor Perry and these people that have these great teams that work around them and they just produce like Oprah just produces great things all the time. And my husband works in the industry too. Same thing, like that loyalty. And I think that's a loyalty, by the way, that people want in their, in their business as well. Yes. So um, we address that uh, quite a bit, you know, and what you and I both do um, the fears of, of, of entrepreneurs and business owners, like, how do I keep my talent? But Absolutely. <laughs> I was able to do that. A lot of us that started at the same time back in New York with him, and I was just turned 18. And <laughs> I, I had two or three other friends that I met when I first went up to New York City, and we all stayed with him. Mm. So I wow. thought that was just really extraordinary, you know, and every once in a while, somebody will speak into your life that changes it. And he definitely was, was that I did not grow up with a very supportive home. Um, my father was loving as much as he could be. My mother made up for, you know, <laughs> all of that. So I got a lot of negative programming from my maternal parent, And some of it was, you know, so severe that I actually became an actor because it was a safe place for me. That was my coping wow. mechanism. And anybody that had a traumatic childhood or a traumatic incident may find that they develop a coping mechanism that works for a little while. And it doesn't continue to work forever. So at some point, after I did, you know, become successful as an actor, I realized that I couldn't really talk to people. And wow. you, and I, you and I were talking about this before we started, you know, here. And we were saying that, you know, the introverts and the extroverts and who is comfortable speaking out and who isn't. And I seem to have every reason in my mind to not speak to strangers, well, fans or strangers. Right. Right. <laughs> and it was a problem okay? because I had very popular characters and soap operas were huge when I started doing them. And so we would have people waiting outside the studio and outside of my home and I, I wouldn't be able to talk to them. And that's not really, you know, like the sub sub uh, the title of my of my book is powerful presence on camera and off. I certainly didn't have that. So. Wow. I think I teach what I teach because I know what it's like every step of the way to feel that different levels of fear and trepidation and worry about being shamed and humiliated and what are people going to say and, and all the negative stuff that played over and over in my head for so long that really kept me from being who I'm designed to be. And I'm still figuring that out, by the way. I think it's a continual journey, right? Absolutely. I agree with you. Yes. 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 <laughs> That's a, that's a wonderful story, and I know I, I uh, you know I was uh, when I when I was on your ranch, you know some of the stories you you were telling us. So um, you you're right. There, there's so much that we get traumatized from, and, and for me, it's been you know let's say growing up 
in war, right? So that was something that I had to cope certain things. And but you're right, eventually things don't work out the way. It's like you just have to find you. Yeah. Uh, and that's very, very important. Uh, so I, I love it. I love it. I love it. So one of the things, so so you kind of started into answering the question, but I wanted to ask you anyway. So the your main motivation to become an entrepreneur, what what was that? What was the key thing that made you do it? Yeah, I think for a lot of people, which makes <laughs> me laugh because I'm like, that was a total like, you know, disbelief, you know, <laughs> when I realized that you don't like, I want to be in control of my time and my money. I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, because anybody that really starts their own business knows like for years, you're going to be paying your business and you're not going to be paying yourself. Potentially yeah. you're going to be the like four hour work week does not belong to you. I say that all the time. Oh my God, doesn't exist. Who <laughs> came up with that? We're going to have it. And, you know, I, re I remember being up till two or three in the morning, you know, writing a blog. I mean, I actually did this, though, until it made me sick. And, it, and you know, my, my body started to pay for it. And, and I really did get sick. And for me, I know that was, you know, God tapping on me going, you need to slow down. You need to slow down. You need. Right, right. And I didn't. And so he puts a wall up that I hit, which was, you know, my adrenals started to get shot. And I just was. Oh, my exhausted. goodness. I really did make myself sick. And I see this happening with the people that I work with because I think a lot of people become entrepreneurs that already have that drive, that have that they have to have drive, that have that A type go, 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 go. <laughs> That's how we get things done for sure. But you know, there is and I don't say balance in life, it's always a state of unbalance. You just course correct every so often, you know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> like surfing, you know, like you, you just have to kind of stay upright as much as you can, but right. you're going to be tipping a little bit too much into work, a little bit too much into, you know, into home or family or a little too much into whatever. You're going to be constantly rebalancing. Okay. And so I think that was my misconception in the beginning was I need to be in control because as an actor, I wasn't, you know, right. I wasn't. And even if I were to go into producing it still relies so much. I can't tell you how many pilots, you know, television pilots I was part yeah. of. And <laughs> I said this to someone the other day about a television pilot and they go, oh, so, you know, is it going to go? And I was like, um, most of them don't. And they look at me like, you mean you do all this work? I'm like, yeah, because you're not in control. Like mm -hmm. the higher ups at the right. networks are in control. So you, you know, that's the thing. So I think like a lot of people that go into entrepreneurship, I think I wanted to be in control. Control. <laughs> Which makes everything in your life completely out of control. <laughs> Seems that way in the beginning, right? <laughs> oh, that, that's great. You're giving us so much like uh, insight into that world as well as, as, but it's part of your life. That's how, how you came about to this, to this entrepreneurship journey. And, and now the, the kind of difference you're making to people's lives at every, every stage, including mine. So, <laughs> um, all right. So one of the other things I, I usually ask is, you know, who, who, or what has been the biggest impact in your life so far? Because, yeah. you know, we have different people, but you know, there's always one thing that stands out. What was that? Ooh. Um, I have to say, you know, there are so many things like mentioned my manager, great person. I'm a seventh grade teacher spoken, you know, mm -hmm. spoke something positive into me, which I had never heard at home. And there's so many people in our lives that don't even know that they made that 
much of a difference yes. simply saying something, which is great because we know we can say something to someone and maybe never even see them again, but it can change the trajectory of somebody's Absolutely. life for sure. But I think the main thing for me was really finding my faith because mm -hmm. it at least gives me, when I say, you know, that entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey is just a matter of balancing like course correcting and all of that. But the board that you stand on for me is faith. Yes. So at least that I know is keeping me on top of the water and I mm -hmm. won't completely sink, even though sometimes it feels like I am. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we all have those days, right? And I remember asking, you know, asking people that I was sharing the stage with that had these, you know, huge companies and whatever. And, and, and I would say, did you ever think of quitting? And most often the women would be the most brutally honest. Their, their expression would be like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. Because I'd be sitting there, you know, maybe not reaching the numbers that I wanted to when I was selling from the stage. And I would look at them and go, like, did you ever think about this? And they're like, oh, hell yeah. And I look at them and they now may have a seven figure business, you know, because it's right. just that tenacity in that that drive that actually got them to where they need to be. So, but yeah, um, that's, that's pretty much it. So that faith actually does keep me upright in, in times that are tough and allows me to celebrate appropriately when they're going well, you know, where I celebrate yeah. actually the people that support me when things mm -hmm. go well, that's what I think of is, you know, um, doing, doing the right thing in that case. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that one for, for me as, as well. And I think uh, sometimes I think back too, just like you said, I think back at, you know, 2018, I started kind of consulting because, you know, I, I had my, my second child and I wanted to have some freedom of time and being able to be here and there. And then potential, you know, I felt my potential was like just glass ceiling was right there. It's like, no, I can't go anymore. Um, and, uh, but what kept, has kept me through is, and with all the ups and downs, is is faith. You know, so I, I feel with you when you say that. It's uh, yeah. if I don't have my morning reading, the more the meditation and prayers. It's like I don't know. I feel like I'm a different person if I don't do that at this point. Oh, so for sure, I'm like falling sure. apart. <laughs> yeah, I'll get to like three or four in the afternoon, and I'll be having something crappy happening to me, and I'll be in a crabby mood, and I'll go wait. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> My fault. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. it's the middle of the day where you got to stop and like, okay, reset. Let's just reset that and, you know, go back. But I do want to honor you, you know, for the, the difference that I see in you when you came to, to the retreat, when you came to, to my farm, you look like, and you are beautiful. You look like a totally different person now. Like you stood up, you know, I lost 30, 30 pounds, right? Because I lost 30 pounds and your skin, like everything. You are so happy. I love that you're doing this. You really stepped into you, you know, to your personality, to your effervescence. And I think that's just amazing. So that is, you are, you are the, this right here is the reason that I, that I do what I do. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that. And, and I'm, it's, not, uh, I'm not taking all the credit for that. I want to say, but, but it is, it, it is, a, yeah, it is self-work as well. Like, cause something that I was looking, cause I realized I'm in a place where I needed some kind of a guidance help. And that retreat was like, just like, Literally, if if it, I, I still think it was probably God, like literally dropping yeah. it in there. Hmm. You're you're trying to change, right? Here we go. Here's another opportunity. Are you gonna take it? And mm -hmm. uh, and I'm glad I did. And kind of, it really has that that reset button. And and I want to talk about this a little bit more because I want you to tell a little bit more about how you came up with the 
Equine Partnering uh, Consulting, you know, wow. and how you came up with the idea because, and the, of course the place is gorgeous, but how you came up with the idea and let's talk a little bit more like what, what goes on there. So I don't want to tell it all. You yeah. yeah. And, and so we, we, it's funny. Marketing is, is one of the biggest challenge of an entrepreneur. Right. And I realized it, it about, finally, I realized I started doing these, you know, equine sort of coaching with horses. Um, of several years ago, like putting my toe in the water and doing a couple workshops and seeing because God was giving me this push to do this. And, and so I realized only about a year and a half ago when my team, you know, my lead lead of my team and I sat down and she started just Googling and we realized that people are looking for the simple term of coaching with horses. Oh, that's what they understand. (laughs) People can't say equine assisted or they look at me like equine, it's a horse. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's what I was doing when I first saw that word. Uh, What does that mean again? Yeah, exactly. Everybody knows. (laughs) No, but that's, that's part of it. It's like, oh, how silly. I just got to simplify that and people understand what it is. So I'm literally doing something on, on LinkedIn right now where I just say, Hey, this is what I do. It's nature-based training. And I bring professionals uh, to partner with horses. Sounds weird, I know. Do you want to chat about it? Is it any interest to you? And I do get people that go, oh, that sounds really cool, you know? And then I'll sit down and have a conversation and whether they want to book a group or not, great. But if they don't, at least they can tell somebody else that might, you know, they'll understand what it is. So I think there's an education that has to go along with what I've decided to do. And sometimes sometimes that's how it is, right? But yeah. it's definitely a, a, a you know, when you're doing something different, when you're changing the industry, when you're disrupting something, when you're coming out with something new, a new idea, you do have to educate Absolutely. people because they'll look and just associate you with something in their past experience. Oh, it's like this. Like, <laughs> you know, going back to my, my old industry, it's like somebody sells a pilot you know, a new TV show to an executive at a network and they go, well, it's kind of like Frasier with friends. And it's like, you know, <laughs> because they compare it or if, you know, an actor comes in, they're trying to sell an actor. Well, he's, he's Brad Pitt with a little George Clooney. You know? <laughs> and we well, can't really mess up with those two. Right. But, um, but funny thing is like, whatever, sign him up. I don't care what it is. He can pick his nose for an hour. If he looks like that, We'll do it. Um, but that is, you know, we, we pull on people's path. People will pull on their past experience. And so yes. for for me, it, it's just easier to really simplify the message and say coaching with horses. And so I I saw that the change that horses could make with children that were dealing with trauma. Um, I It was a crazy, you know, a whole nother bottle of wine of how I ended up in this farm in the middle of Missouri. But <laughs> I didn't, I said to my husband, it's off the grid if I disappear <laughs> area of the country and search for me like I, I and what was amazing though is that when I got there it, it, this was a this was a miraculous home that you know God had really blessed these this couple that wanted to help children that were being abused and in, in trafficked sex trafficked through wow. all over the world and so they had kids there that were from all over the world one wow. of the most powerful young ladies that I met was super beautiful, dark, dark skin. And she was from Africa and she came up and looked me in the eye and just gave me the most intense handshake. And she was powerful and she walked away. And I know I shouldn't have asked this, but I looked at the founder of this place and I said, I have to understand a little bit of her story because she's amazing. 
And she said her parents sold her into slavery at the age of six. She's now 18. Oh my gosh. She had been there for two years and had been rehabilitated to the point that, you know, mentally with faith. Uh, and, and of course there's a physical component of that too, you know, of, of recovery and they do an amazing job. A big part of what they do is horses. So sometimes they said the, the, especially the little kids that would sometimes be so broken that they wouldn't be speaking. Wow. Yes. She gave stories of how they would take them over and ask them to brush a horse. And sometimes that would be, they would start speaking to the horse and stories that she told me were like, just brought me to tears. Like, and so there's still something even for adults. I discovered, you know, I came back from that trip, by the way, not knowing what that had to do with me. (laughs) I knew it had something to do with me. (laughs) And, you know, a few years later, I met somebody that says, Oh, I do professional coaching with horses. And I'm like, what? Connecting the dots now. (laughs) You can do that. You know, I've been coaching. I've been coaching people to find their voice and, you know, find a natural way to present themselves and be comfortable in their own skin, be in the present moment to be the most powerful on stage and things like that. And what do you have to do when you're trying to get a horse's attention? You have to be present in the moment. You have to be aware. You have to be listening. Like, and I was like, well, wait a second. What do you mean? And so I had her teach for a while. And what I discovered was my fascination with animals that I've had since I was little, because my mother ignored me. So I would go outside and I was just fascinated with nature. And I would look at animals and plants and wonder how do they communicate? You know, how do I, how do I make friends with them? Because I didn't have any siblings that I grew up with. I have older siblings, but they're much older than me. So I did, I grew up by myself. My mother was not going to take me to visit any kids. And so there were a couple kids in the neighborhood. Most of the time I was by myself. And so I wanted friends. So I wanted to know how to communicate with all of this that was around me. And so that was my safe space, you know, and for a lot of kids, by the way, that go through trauma, they find their safe space in nature. They run off and they mm-hmm. find somewhere, you know, whether it's the horse pen or the chicken coop or a big tree that they sit under, there's something a lot of times that they will find that, that in nature. We can learn a lot from that mm-hmm. because we get lost in our technological lives. We tend to yes. disassociate <laughs> with that. And we dissociate with a lot of stuff that's going on in us because we're on this go, 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 especially as entrepreneurs. Right. So it was such a great lesson when I saw this woman, you know, that I had brought in to teach this, the work with the horses and thought, she doesn't know horses. I could tell. She was not confused. I mean, I'm grateful for her, but she was missing all the cues that the animal was giving her. I'm like, doesn't she see that, like, that, like, And so I thought, well, all right. So I went off and I, you know, went through several different modalities to get certified and finding the one that I, that I love, which is really based mm-hmm. on science. It is a trauma focused therapy model that I'm trained in. Mm-hmm. I could go uh, and work with a psychotherapist next to me and, and do therapy. But what I do with the horses as he's experienced is it's really coaching with horses. Yes. It's helping professionals learn how to love being in the moment, how to be aware of their energy how to reset yes back to who they are so they can they can present and talk and speak and lead from there and it's just so amazing it's that feeling i like to you know i've had people say to me and i love when i hear this it's like the feeling that you get when you go on vacation and you're somewhere like i just spoke to a gentleman my friend the other day he goes i go to the beach and after it takes me like three days or four days to feel like myself again right right i try to do that in a day yeah <laughs> Yeah, because our training was like a day, a day basically, a whole day, one whole yeah. day. 
Yeah. yeah. But it's important to do that. There's a natural rhythm that's in nature, which is why people say, I want to go to the beach and lay on the beach. Well, subconsciously, they're they're right. That's what that's what they need. Because I even right. see my friend to go, why do you go to the beach? And he said, because there's something about the waves just sound constant. And and he literally went like this. I'm like, that is a rhythm. <laughs> yes. And the first thing that we ever experience is the rhythm of our mother's heart. Yeah. It's ingrained in us and we're part of that nature. So if we're not, if we're, you know, there is literally nature deprivation disorder, which is the scariest thing in the world. All you have to do is step outside. Even if you live in New York city. Right. Find right. Stare at the sky. Okay. <laughs> right. Watch the birds, pigeons, whatever they are, but there, <laughs> it's there. You know, and you can tap into those little things and, and just spend a few moments studying those things that can put you in that state of awe. And that state is, and I find people are around horses. A lot of times they get into that state. And so it helps immensely to have the horses as part of that, because that state of awe, unlike other positive emotions, actually is calming. So we become very focused and very calm when we put ourselves in a state of awe. Like just think of how it feels if you're staring at the clouds or you you sit and you watch a butterfly uh, you know, yes. on a flower, you can kind of really get lost and focused on that. And isn't that just like a cool moment, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, it, it has been. And, and for me, when I came to, to the, to your, your farm, it was, it was, I had literally not taken a break, like since I left my country, uh, 21 years old. So I like 40, 40, well, I showed up 43 years old. 42 years old and I, I'm thinking oh my god this is like the first time I'm actually like just me just me just thinking yeah. about me my my so it, it's it, you, you're right like that one day of stepping away from it all it's it's really important and and I, I wish we could do it a lot more often you're right like say there's something in nature and especially being with horses that was a for me an experience that was so intense in the beginning I remember I was like I'm so driven by achievement. I've always been that way. And I think that's something I only realize while I'm there and I'm trying to get a horse to connect with me and it won't happen. Yeah. And did you know, I said, oh my God, it's not happening. What a great lesson though. I can't tell you, I have some of my favorite pictures and I don't use them in, in my marketing, but some of my favorite pictures are beautiful, powerful women like you with the horse standing 20 feet away from him, looking at me going, <laughs> This isn't working. Or hands on their hips. <laughs> We're so used to pushing and getting things done. When in reality, you know, if there's so much pushing, and I learned this the hard way, if if there's so much, and I still push too much, so I, you know, hands on, I, I'm, you know, I get it. But there is that point that there's a flow. And when we start pushing too much, something is off balance. You know, we're struggling too right. hard in one area and we're tipping off the board, you know, dipping into the water, like about to be drowning ourselves in one way or the other. And so it could end in, like I said, you know, where I ended up getting sick. It could be a business fault. It could be, you know, relationships. A lot of times it's relationships. But the mm -hmm. people that will see that, that come to me, it's, it's relationships, you know. Um, and that's, that's the worst thing for me. I mean, everything that we do, whether I'm teaching somebody on camera or speaking or mm -hmm. presenting in a boardroom or 
we're talking about working with the horses in, in, in that environment, that nature-based training, it's the same basis for all of it. It's connection. So connecting through the camera lens, connecting from the stage to people, it's really about connection and relationship. Because if you, you know, look at the research that's been done, I don't think there's a single person that got to the end of the life and regretted something business-wise. It always had to do with relationship. Of one. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's about connecting with, with others. And um, what I learned, and just a testament to what I learned while I was there, is like, finally, when we've connected with the horse and the hardest part was because we were teamed up first we had to connect with the other human yes. <laughs> i like wait a minute how do we like I, we're talking we're connecting but it's like not not like that it's like it has to be connected at a different level yeah. um and then connecting with the horse and then i had this uh, moment of uh you know i was with the horse we were connected very well and this weird idea got into my head i don't know why and i was thinking to myself oh my goodness i'm here with a big horse in front of me and i can't believe i'm touching it. like i just had this weird idea in my head and i immediately lost connection and the horse moved his his face away from me and that was like a snap that was a learning lesson for me right then and there i'm like oh my god he actually felt me go in so I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, I'm with yeah. you. So, I'm so glad that you said that because that is what I have been trying to teach people whenever I'm helping them get up, say, on stage, right? Mm -hmm. To be able to get out of here, which is the scary part, stage fright starts here, right? That paralysis on stage, which I had. People used to hand me a microphone, and if I wasn't a character, I literally remember blacking out on stage once. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was terrified if I didn't, if I couldn't hide behind another personality, somebody handed me a microphone and said, here, just be yourself. Or what do you think? Like <gasps> that file was empty. I mean, that, that was nothing for me to pull from, you know, until I did the work, right. That, that wasn't there. And so I understand that, that feeling of terror, but that's where that stage fright, that's when all this, the funk starts to happen. And this is a scary place when you're just bounding your thoughts back and forth on a stage in front of people. Right. And so that whole idea of getting that, what you just did was like, Oh, look, that big animal that doesn't speak my language just sensed that I wasn't here, even though you're yes. physically standing there. Yes. Sensed that I wasn't here. And, and people do this with their kids all the time. And the kids realize it. You can be playing with your kiddo and actually thinking about something else. And I've had people tell me that their kid looked up and go, where are you? <laughs> so brutally honest. Horses are brutally honest. That's the right. natural way of things. It's the natural way of things. So if you're up on stage and you're in your head, subconsciously that that audience you know of humans is going to be their their insides are going to be going oh, she's not really she's not really into this they'll pick up their phones <laughs> they'll start thinking about how they have to do their to-do list or they won't right. be with you if and you're you not them. here yeah and you lost their attention you lost everything <laughs> absolutely yeah. <laughs> and you could be doing all of the things correct so even when i started teaching people on camera i was getting a lot of these these TV hosts and people that were coming from another school hmm. and they would come in with the skills. They knew how to stand. They knew how to hold themselves. They knew how to read a teleprompter, but they didn't tap into who they were. Right. And yeah. then they lost themselves in the way that like just becoming this character, maybe, uh, you know, doing the show versus just being them. Right. Worried about being perfect. And that was me too. 
That was me too. It took me messing up one time when I was doing, we used to call it hush money. Infomercials used to bring a lot of money to celebrities that would pop in and do things. And so I hosted a couple of those. And and I remember like I had a really hard time getting those jobs because I had a lot of work to do in myself. But when I started to do the work, I booked a couple, but I was still really stiff, worried about being perfect, like all the time up in here and you know, doing everything what I thought was right and um, has nothing to do with how I was brought up either. That's a lie. Totally did. And so the the interesting thing is uh, I, I was in a set and something went wrong, like a light fell or something. And so I assumed that we were going on as a rehearsal, that they weren't still recording. Mm. And so what happened? I completely relaxed. My co, I had a co-host. We were kind of joking back and forth. We didn't even say the script correctly. We were just kind of like <laughs> rehearsal, right? Yeah. And then we hear them say "cut," which they were recording. For those of you that aren't, and I was like, and then I hear, you know, I hear the steps coming through the studio of the director, and I'm like, I'm gonna get fired. I just laughed through that tape. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm done. And instead, he came out with accolades. He's like, that was fantastic. And that was like you with the horse turning away. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right? Like, yes. it doesn't have to be so hard. I actually can just be me. And maybe maybe that's a better thing, you know? Yes. And yes. I finally had somebody that, you know, I had a moment that kind of shook me and said, oh, so it could actually be fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you could have fun presenting in front of people or a camera. And so that's my mission is to get people to that point where they actually enjoy that, where they enjoy getting up in front of their team and giving presentations and, and they enjoy, you know, keynoting, even if they've never done it before and, and they enjoy their life. I mean, that's really what the nature based training is about. It's like getting, yeah. getting those leaders to the point that they can actually understand that balance and how to take care of themselves, set the boundaries for themselves and for others so that they can actually have that life that feels really rich and abundant. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love, I definitely like, I, I'm so, so in love with what you're doing and I, I, cause it really has affected me. So, so in a great way. And I think a lot of people should really know about it and really try it out because it can really change the way they lead for sure. I, I am more me and it has actually been, like you said, just as for you, that moment was like, you know, that the, the person came over and was so excited about what you were doing, that you were natural. For yeah. me, it's been the same way, just realigning. And, you know, that was the word for this year for me, a realignment is just realigning and being me and just showing me because all my life I've been told just like, don't show emotions you know don't cry don't and and i remember on the ranch i was the only one crying all the time i don't know everything was <laughs> i don't think you were the only one you were not the only one yeah, i was like just the most one maybe <laughs> but but i love that you said that because so often i get women in particular that have been trained by corporate to not show emotion to not feel to not cry to you know be stoic and and that's not always the best thing i mean it it can be very detrimental and you do find that you lock yourself up. You can hear my dogs barking in the background. Sorry, reality intrusion. <laughs> no worries at all. I'm going to take a moment to read uh, uh, some, some of the banners here so that for, for mm -hmm. those who would be listening on audio, they'd be able to, to get in touch with you. Um, you know, guys, make sure to schedule some time with uh, Sandra. Uh, her It's on Calendly.com slash Sandra D. Calendly.com Sandra D. So that's the way you can get in touch with her, you know, you know, 
let her know what you're, you're what you're going through and then she'll be able to help you and guide you through it and if you can do the equine partner training horsepower training yeah, uh, i highly highly recommend it <laughs> and um the other the other thing i also wanted to mention is that <clears throat> sandra has been gracious enough to share uh, a, a very special guide um you know you can download the guide to help tap into a moment of awe every day uh find relaxation and focus your brain on the present moment so and that one you can get it on sandra d robinson.com slash all inspirations that's in like one word all inspiration so i'll say it again sandra d robinson.com slash all inspirations and that's where you can get the guide so uh awesome awesome conversation i'm having so much good time i hope you guys are too um so um to to could you tell us a little bit of and this is kind of like how i like to to help other introverters as well is that yes. and you mentioned a few things but what were the 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 biggest sort of the, the three three biggest challenges that you face as you know as you go through your business from a business standpoint as an yeah. entrepreneur the three biggest challenges and what would you recommend other other entrepreneurs to do and pay attention if they get into that moment okay first off um and this comes to mind because it was my previous career it's what i've helped a lot of people understand and and it's what i remind myself all the time it's so important to not listen to not base your value on what other people say about you whether they're saying something good or bad and <laughs> The reason that I say, if they're saying something good, it can lead you to maybe be a little too comfortable at where you are, not be aware of what's really happening. So I know with entrepreneurs, business owners, sometimes that can happen where we go, oh, everything's perfectly fine. And maybe it's not, you know? Um, so in the circumstance where it comes to like your value, your personal brand, who you are, really take heart in what people, I mean, listen to what people say, but don't base your identity on that. So if you look at celebrities, sometimes everybody around them becomes a yes person. And that can really mess somebody up. We've seen that happen. And the same thing with the criticism. We're, we're doing a ton of marketing on social media. We get trolls. We get people that say horrible things. That also, let, let that go. You know, I work on personal branding with people and there's always, we use mm -hmm. archetypes and for every light, light piece of light that you shine onto the world, there's going to be a dark side to that. And so sometimes, you know, if somebody is say, um, you know, a, a, an innocent archetype, which is fun and, and, you know, and laughter and all that, somebody can say, Oh, they're flighty or they're, you know, they're not, they're not serious about what they do. That's the dark side. That is not true. So be careful who you're listening to. Don't put your identity in other people. The second thing would be, as we've already talked about, I don't have to go through that again, you know, that, that balance, they, they <laughs> say, and I love this. I heard this on my, my friend, David Nagel's uh, podcast the other day, you know, he doesn't call it time management. It's, <laughs> it's task management, which task is true. Mm -hmm. right? So you're managing, not your time. You can't manipulate time. We only get, we all get the same amount. Yep. Yep. Managing your tasks, and I know that you. I can just imagine you're really good at that. I mean, we all need to work on it on a daily basis. But I imagine you're really good at that. So I think that's something, and realize that balance is not balance, right? That it's constant correction, and you're always going to be maybe a little bit off balance and leaning more towards 
maybe working too much or whatever it might be, but you can course correct that if you're aware of it. And that really, the final thing that, that right there, I want to point out, that's a lot of it has to do with mindset and mm-hmm. people Oh, mindset, that's woo or whatever it is, or mindfulness. You know, that's another word that people think, oh, that's doesn't apply to me. But mindfulness literally means knowing where your attention is. Right. Right. That's it. Right. What what is your attention on at the moment? And so there there is always 100 percent of our attention. It's just fractioned most of the time. So to actually become aware of where what our mind is doing and what we're doing in the present moment that will actually help with all those things that i just mentioned of course of course being aware of yourself what you're doing your surrounding and what your intentions are yes absolutely mm-hmm. I, I know i've changed quite a lot from the past couple of years from putting attention and and you, you make a very good point balance it's, it's 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 a constant rebalancing when you know let's say sometimes i have to be there for the kids so i have to spend my time there focus on that because if I'm there, but I'm on the phone working, they know right away what you're doing on the phone, you know? And um, so I have to constantly redirect myself as well, you know, control the limited time we have, but then maybe some weeks I'm working more and some weeks I'm working a little less to spend more time with family. But as long as also, I think we give ourselves maybe a little grace because we do have to readjust that. Sometimes you have, you know, something coming up and it's back to back. And then sometimes they have a little bit of slow time Make the most out of it. <laughs> you know, I love that you just said that word, grace. And and I, I don't want to, you know, close this out without pointing out that you just brought up something really awesome. I know that for myself, shame was a really, and it still is a challenge for me. Because if I feel like I overdo something or underdo something, or I wasn't there for somebody, or I didn't get, you know, the blog done, because I don't stay up till <laughs> two in the morning anymore, right? I, I don't blog as much as I used to. I don't do as much as I used to on that side a lot of times. And so I would beat myself up. And that would take me back to all that old stuff that used to be running in my brain, mm. and, you know, trigger a lot of that shame and stuff. And so that's something that to really be aware of, that um, we have to give ourselves grace. Nobody can do, I know about you, but my to-do list, you know, that I put every day, it's a joke, okay? It's a a joke. At the end of the day, I go, oh my gosh, I hardly got anything done. And I looked at the actual list, I'm like, there's not a huge, Jesus couldn't do everything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, who do I think I am that I could physically get everything done that's on my to-do list? So there definitely is, you know, that reminder. And now I laugh about that when I look at my to-do list and go, okay. I couldn't, I couldn't have done that. Let's be realistic. And yeah, a lot of those things onto the next day and it's okay. Right. right. Move them on to the next day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love that. I love it. As long as we're taking the steps and still accomplishing those tasks at certain yeah. point, prioritizing, um, and the, the, you know, we, we achieve our goals without having to kill ourselves and pretending that we can do it all in one day. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I, I plan my days like I drive my car. You know, my husband laughs. He gets in my car. And if he's driving, I immediately slide it into sport mode, even though he's driving. He goes, <laughs> I don't have to drive like that. I don't do jackrabbit starts. I go, well, it's much more fun if you do. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there, there are times that you really should just cruise, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's easy. Don't yeah. have to waste all that gas and energy, you know. Yeah. No, I married the right guy. You know, he balances me out like, okay. 
<laughs> That's amazing. I, I, I'm, I'm so happy you've been here. And uh, you know, any, any, any last minute other thoughts that, that that's on your mind you want to share with our listeners before we wrap up the podcast. I, I think we covered so much. I mean, yeah. I, I, obviously, if I can help anybody with anything, you know, reach out to me. Sandra D. Robinson.com is where you can find me on, on social media as well. It's the same. It's D-E-E. So it's spelled out for those that are listening. Sandra D. like as in Greece. And yes, I was tortured by that song <laughs> my entire life. But when I started speaking, funny thing is, that's what people remember, right? So. <laughs> So now I, I bond with it, but I think, yes, it's just be, be very kind to yourself and, and keep going that tenacity balanced out with self-care, I think is the secret to being a successful entrepreneur. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much, Sandra. It was so great having you here and the congratulations on delivering excellent service to your clients, including me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'm so proud of you. I love that you're doing the show and many, many more, many, many more shows are going to be ahead of you. I'm sure. I, I, God willing, if it's in God, if it's in, if it's God's will, it will happen. <laughs> and with that, uh, and to all our viewers and our listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, please remember to subscribe, follow, like, and share the podcast and the or and the show, uh, so that other uh, entrepreneurs can be empowered, inspired by these stories. So uh, let's continue to empower each other through our experiences. Until next week, have a wonderful and blessed rest of the week. Send us, stick around, and we'll talk a little bit. Okay.